Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're listening to Dynasty's Child. I know people are listening to this for advice, but I, sorry, I got nothing. Hosted by Keaton DeRocher. The field of dreams and the corn would be my chest hair. Featuring Shelly Verstraight. Bobby likes bouncy balls, doesn't he? And featuring Jordan Rosenblum. 30% more fish than I, I would have projected. And featuring Jake Devereaux. He has a very impressive package. What's up, nerds? Welcome to Dynasty's Child, episode I'm not so sure, but it's over 120. It's your flagship fantasy baseball podcast from the Dynasty Guru, helping Dynasty League owners one player at a time. I am your sub-host today, uh, Patrick Magnus. Uh, for those of you that are old school, I was here at the beginning uh, of this podcast, and uh, I dive in every once in a while. It's a pleasure to be here, but rest assured, uh, the common tones of Keaton DeRocher will return to you next podcast so i'm a writer over the dynasty guru i'm also a waste of the time on twitter but you're welcome to follow me at the green magnus i'm joined by the regulars here uh, on this shelly verse straight of tdg pitchers list photographs prospects 365 and over the monster shelly how you doing um i'm doing well uh by 2020 standards so. Right? That's, yeah, right. Like, it's, every answer has, like, a 2020 caveat at this point. Exactly. <laughs> Even when, like, I get some good news, I'm like, hey, here's some good news, but, you know, 2020, let's remember. Exactly. <laughs> uh, also joining us today is Jake Devereaux of, you know, Horse TDG, but also Over the Monster and Fantrax. Jake, sir, how are you? I'm doing well, man. I'm just uh, super happy to be on with both of you guys. And, um, you know, to have you back on the show, Patrick, it, it brings me back to the old days. So this is really, uh, really nice. Yeah, it is nice. It's uh, it's good to be reunited with you guys. Uh, and today's podcast, you know, we're going to do most of the regular stuff, but also because I'm hosting and I don't get to talk baseball too much with people. Um, we're going to have a segment today that's just kind of general dynasty discussion. Um, sort of strategy and you know uh, some some sort of opinions on what we feel is the sort of the best stuff to be doing right now in Dynasty in this kind of crazy season. So I'm looking forward to that because uh, I basically just get to be a fan for a little bit. Um, also, Shelly, what did you bake? Yeah, I, I was lazy this weekend. All I'm doing is just some sourdough bread. Um, I'm kind of tinkering uh, tomorrow, maybe doing like some blueberry 
recommend sourdough bread. Just kind of just being like really weird. Um, yeah, but I've just been just doing some bread stuff. So nothing too crazy and awesome. Bread stuff is good. I mean, sure, you don't get the like the sweet, you know, like uh, they're not like, oh my god, I want to eat this junk food forever kind of thing. But did you say you're gonna do lemon and blueberry? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I kind of, I've been like following some Instagram people, and they've been doing like some really weird, interesting uh, sourdough breads. And I'm like, usually on Sundays, I don't. Uh, do a lot of stuff with my sourdough so I'm just like you know what the hell I'm gonna do some blueberry lemon and just see what happens I mean those are excellent flavors so uh, exactly I think, I think you're gonna do well <laughs> I hope so <laughs> Jake uh, what's the running joke with you on this uh, pod these days is it still are you wearing a t-shirt or what's up yeah Keaton's been really uncreative actually so uh, <laughs> he hasn't had anything he's uh, he's like asked me a couple random off-the-cuff questions but yeah, really, he hasn't he hasn't nailed anything down, and I am wearing a t shirt today, so I guess uh, today would have been the day for Keaton to ask me that. <laughs> well, that's okay. It's a special occasion. I'm on the show, so you throw on a t shirt, right? Yeah, exactly. Thanks. I knew that you were coming on, so I wore a Hanley Ramirez t shirt. <laughs> hey, now you're now you're speaking my language, man. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get into this. Uh, too much. We don't want too much chit chat here. We've got listeners who want some news and stuff. Um, Okay, show rundown. We'll do news and notes. Uh, then we're going to have what I'm calling cup of coffee, where we're just going to talk some dynasty strategy. We'll get into your listener cues. We've got a couple of good ones. Maintenance and reminders. Hey, we got ourselves an amazing review um, that I'm going to take the time to read right now, if that's all right with you guys. So it says, good info and atmosphere. This is a favorite dynasty. This is a favorite dynasty baseball podcast. The hosts are witty and not too self-serious. This isn't surface-level stuff. Discussed players include everything from stars and this year's pickups down to scouting the deepest prospects. They show their work and back up arguments with evidence. Worth your time. I gotta tell you, um, that's all I ever wanted this podcast to be. And it's so wonderful to see someone uh, reflect like that. That's such a nice review. Yeah, it's just great to see that because I know that uh, you, Patrick, and Shelly, and, and Jordan, and Keaton have all put in so much work to make sure that this podcast uh, is that. And, you know, I'm just happy that we're delivering to the listeners. It's great. Totally. Uh, I mean, the crew on here right now is uh, like, it's like all I could have ever asked for, you know, with, uh, with Shelly's like scouting analysis and Jordan's like, crazy analytics and like you and Keaton being so involved in the industry it's I think I think we've got something really special here so really cool uh, uh review thank you yeah that that was a great review thank you keep it coming yeah please guys please 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 I know you don't want to give it away but we could, we could use a couple more reviews it's real nice so go leave us a five-star review on iTunes or whatever your platform is if you have questions, hit us up on Twitter at Dynasty's Child or via email at Dynasty'sChildPod at gmail.com. All right. We've got a whole lot of news and stuff to get into, so let's just get to it. Even more bad COVID news. Uh, games scheduled for today and tomorrow uh, between the Cincinnati Reds and Pittsburgh Pirates have been postponed after a Reds player tested positive for COVID-19. 
a bummer, but sort of the nature of this season, right, Shelly? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Like, I was, like, really hoping that we'd at least have, like, you know, one day where everything would be playing, but alas, uh, that is not the case. Um, but I'm really hoping that maybe this is, like, a false positive or maybe just, like, a one-off. Um, it was, I guess, kind of sort of encouraging that it was just, like, one player that tested positive and not, like, two or three. Um, so I'm hoping that maybe this is just, like, a blip for this weekend and they, uh, both teams can get playing, um, towards the beginning of the week. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. Is there much more to it than that, Jake? Do you have anything else to add? No, just that, um, you know, I was texting with some people when I found out that this was happening. And um, if this is going to be a prolonged, you know, two-week thing like Miami was and like the Cardinals incident was, this is going to drastically affect a lot of fantasy baseball leagues because Joey Votto has had a resurgence of sorts this year. Um, Eugenio Suarez is struggling, but he's such an important piece. Um, Nick Castellanos is an MVP candidate. Um, and Jesse Winker's been playing awesome. And then on the pitching side, I mean, Sonny Gray, Luis Castillo, Trevor Bauer, Tyler Molly, all these guys have been fantastic this year. So uh, it's going to drastically affect people's teams if they're going to be missing some of these guys for two weeks. So I'm just crossing my fingers like Shelly uh, that this is... Um, going to be dealt with in a way that allows them to play baseball. Well, you know, it has to. Um, and that kind of, you know, it's going to be lead us into this next topic here, which is the Cardinals are going to play 60 games. What? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it includes 21 games in August. You guys, it's August 15th today. <laughs> yeah. I just uh, don't get that at all. Like, how is this going to work? Four doubleheaders this month and the remaining uh, schedule this month. And then 32 games in September with seven doubleheaders. <laughs> so, I don't know. Um, this whole season is very, very delicate. And uh, I, don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I they're obviously, I don't think they're going to stop the season. Um, except for like the worst and worst of things that uh, conditions, but like you know, it's this is wild. They, how, I don't know. What do you, do you think they play all these games, Shelley? Um, I, I I don't. There is there is there is no way that they could play all these games. Um, I I I you know give them a gold star for a you know this attempt at just trying to get all these games in, but there is absolutely no way. They don't have enough players on the roster to actually do this. It's just it, it it's impossible. There is there is no way. Uh, did any uh, did either of your or sorry did I do either of you have uh, leagues that are still doing head to head this season? Yes, I have. Um, I want to say two of my leagues are still doing head to head, and what we've done is convert to. Uh, playing multiple matchups per week. So, for instance, in one of my my twenty four team leagues, we're playing four opponents every week. No, th- yeah, four opponents in that league. No, three opponents in that league, and then four in my twenty team league each week. So, it's weird, but um, 
you know, the good part about that is that if you have created a team for head to head, like I have in all of those leagues, um, it doesn't matter if you say like punt it on a category. Um, for instance, in our TDGX two right now, I have I'm carrying like a two in stolen bases. You and uh, me both, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's really bad um, because I just don't acquire stolen base guys. But that alone, if if I was just average in that, I'd be in first place in TDGX two, and instead I'm like sitting in third due to that. So uh, the conversion to roto is not ideal for teams that were not created that way. But sort of a counter to that, Jake, just like a, a problem with head-to-head right now. And obviously, I, I share your commiserate because I'm not a steals guy. And I'm, I'm majority of my leagues, I'm not competitive this year in Roto. But, um, you know, those head-to-head matchups now where you've got guys that have the Cardinals. Can you imagine, like, if the Cardinals are playing, say, like, nine or ten games in a week? No, oh, they're yeah. playing your opponent. You know what I mean? Like It's terrible. Yeah, I totally agree. I don't think there's any great solution um, in the redraft leagues that I decided to do this year for for money. We did uh, Roto, and I think that that is by far the most equitable solution in a very imperfect fantasy season. Shelly, have you solved this problem? <laughs> have you solved 2020? <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I try to... Uh, not play in hit hit leagues. I am very uh, pro roto when it comes to fancy. I am in a few, uh, and you know we're just kind of doing this kind of like ad hoc and you know just kind of like multiple matchups per week kind of thing. Um, but again, like it, it, I mean, if you're playing like you know you know head to head every week. I don't know how that works. So I, I really just try to just focus on, like, I really just try to get into, like, Roto Leagues, personally. Yeah. No, that's, I mean, it's tough if you're doing that. That doesn't seem reasonable. But I also, I do share Jake's opinion or his, at least his commiserie uh, in having teams that are built for head-to-head and now having to play in Roto. Um, all right, let's get into the yeah. next thing. Uh more COVID stuff, right? Uh, the Indians have reinstated starters Mike Clevenger and Zach Plesek from the restricted list, but they are both, um, they've both been optioned to the alternate training set. And I frankly don't know too much more about this, or what the, you would assume this is sort of a disciplinary thing, but I'm not sure. Shelly, do you know any more about this? Uh, yeah, I just, I just kind of assume that it's more of a, you know, a shame on you disciplinary kind of thing. And, um, I am totally for it. Um, I mean, just taking, you know, fantasy baseball and real baseball aside, um, just kind of what, uh, you know, you know, Clevenger and Plesak kind of did. And then what Clevenger just kind of tried to, not say that he went out with Plesak. Just everything about the whole thing was like really bad. So I, I really do applaud the Indians to be like, no, you're you're totally options. You you need to go in timeout for a little bit because um, of what you kind of did there. So I do applaud the Indians for this. Yeah, and with Carrasco on the team, there's just no fucking excuse for that. Excuse my language, sorry. Um, but I just it's so irritated by the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, Jake, I, uh, what, are you, what are your thoughts, sir? Yeah, I'm bummed um, that they were so stupid, um, especially because Zach Plesak has looked like a true breakout. I mean, the dude is carrying a 28.6% K 
uh, K minus walk rate um, with a 129 ERA and a 236 FIP. Um, he's been incredible, and when I've watched him pitch, I've, I've been able to watch two starts of his so far this season. He's been excellent, but man, like it's just so um, you know tone deaf by him to uh, not be thinking about guys like Tito Francona and. Carlos Carrasco and, and the rest of the guys. So I, I do agree with Shelly. I applaud the team uh, for sending those guys down. And I'm especially disappointed in Mike Clevenger as, you know, a guy who's almost 30 years old for doing this. You kind of can forgive, you know, Plesak being 25 years old. And, you know, I know I wasn't the smartest person in the world at 25 years old. So um, you'd see that a little bit more, but you know, you're a very grown man by the time you're uh Clevenger's age and you just need to be smarter. And he's a team leader at this point too. Um, and he's just not acting like one. So I hope that these guys will learn their lesson here. Same. Uh, yep. But with, uh, with the proper amount of shame and shade thrown these two pitchers away, uh, shout out to you, Shelly on Zach Plesak, because I believe Zach Plesak was one of your first, like, um, prospect or pot top pod spec noms and (laughs) goodness gracious that couldn't have gone better huh yeah like i i never expected him to do so well and then just totally really really upset me with what he's done (laughs) Uh, nature of of the game unfortunately yeah Um, all right let's keep moving more stuff to get through here uh astros announced friday that they've activated designated hitter jordan alvarez hooray (laughs) um that's good. Great news. I mean, nothing more to say here than awesome, right? Yeah, Jordan's a beast. That's yep. sweet to see him playing. Reigning American League uh, Rookie of the Year. So it's awesome to see him back on the field. Yeah. I know a lot of people have been, you know, thrown off by the amount of time it's taken for him to return. But, like, people got to realize, and I haven't dug too much into this myself, but my running theory when I've heard that is, like, you know, the recovery time from COVID is, like, all over the place, you know? So, like, just because he wasn't back right away, you know, doesn't mean anything. It just means that it takes time to recover from this stuff. So, give people time to need this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And some guys, like, you know, Eduardo Rodriguez are, you know, sitting out the season due to conditions caused by this. So, it's, it's very serious. Uh, Shelly, I assume you're plugging him in everywhere if you've got him. Uh, yeah. Um, unfortunately, I don't have him anywhere. But uh, if I did, I, I, I would totally be plugging him in. Um, he looked pretty good in his first game. So, yep. So excited. One of those guys. We don't have him on, on any of our teams. I'm feeling that with uh, Lewis Robert right now in a bad way. <laughs> um, some good news for you data nerds out there. It looks like MLB is going to uh, start sharing some of the uh, training site data. So inter- interleague squad stuff, which would be very helpful. At least um, 20 of uh, MLB's 30 teams are going to participate in the initiative. And, you know, they're hoping that this will help boost trade uh, action amongst the league. Nothing but good news there, right? We want, we're data fiends. We want that, correct? Yeah, the more data, the better, man. It's great. I think that's great news. I, I, I totally agree. And if it actually gets this, you know, uh, uh, you know, trade deadline season kind of going. Um, I'm I'm all for it, and just just any type of data uh, exchange between teams is always a good thing. 
Reds claim Nick Williams because they need more outfielders. Shelly, you're uh, you're you're uh, you're kind of inside uh, the Reds organization <laughs> just because uh, <laughs> of your husband's dedication to them. What's going on here? Uh, yeah, so I I brought this up to Rudy tonight. You know, like I said, oh, the Reds claim Nick Williams, and he was like, uh, why? Uh, so yeah, that's kind of what we're feeling here. Um, I, 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 I guess that it's kind of nice that the Reds kind of bring maybe another quad A type of guy. Maybe they can get something going, but it was, it was a very odd, um, acquisition for the Reds, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, Jake, you a Nick Williams believer? Any part of you? No, no, it's just (laughs) weird. I don't get it. Like... Take up, take up quilting or something. Just stop getting guys like this. I don't understand. Yeah. All right. Let's get into what might be the most fun uh, we're going to have on this podcast because I think you know we're all sort of like you know, we work we you know we write for the Dynasty Guru. We're all prospect fiends. Um, so hey, let's talk about these call ups. Dylan Carlson, top pod spec winner of last year, I believe, uh, getting the call up for the Cardinals. Shelley. Where are we at here with our, our Carlson hype? I, I, I am so excited. Um, I- lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I mean, like, I, I, I thought that the, he would be called up um, when the Cardinals got started um, uh, the season this year, but he wasn't. Um, and then, you know, the COVID thing kind of happened. But I'm really excited um, he's played in both games today, um, in in his you know his first call up to the bigs, and he's looked really good. So I am I am so excited that we finally um, it's finally Dylan Carlson time. I have him in so many leagues, and it and it and that kind of scares me a bit. Maybe I'm too exposed, but anyway, I I'm just so excited to actually have Dylan Carlson uh, just you know just balling out here. Yeah, and, like, I know that feeling of, like, maybe you're overexposed, but then, you know, how often do we feel underexposed when we have only a, you know, a couple, like, I only have Trent, I only have Trent Grisham on a couple of my teams this year, you know, that kind of yeah. thing. So, you, you get, you, you, it's a blessing and a curse, these, uh, these things. Uh, Jake, where are you at with Mr. Carlson? You know, I'm just stoked that uh, when Carlson is, is getting called up, uh, Kyle Tucker is batting 197 in the big leagues with a 55 <laughs> WRC plus and uh, negative defensive value. So 
Um, it's been a little bit of a, a zero-sum game between Dylan Carlson people and Kyle Tucker people here at TDG, and um, it's nice to see that uh, maybe there was some reason why the uh, Astros just never called up Mr. Tucker. Oh my goodness, shade <laughs> thrown, Jake. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, just so everybody knows, you can find Jake at Dev Jake on Twitter. That's... <laughs> Yep, and and uh, don't offer me Tucker in any trade. <laughs> I will refuse. Uh, I'm excited for Carlson. Um, I know that there's been some concerns. I, I read some stuff earlier that you know maybe there was some exit velocity concerns from the minors and stuff. But um, I'm excited. You know, Cardinals Devil Magic. Here we go. Let's see what you got. Uh, so Seth Romero, uh, Washington Nationals prospect pitching prospect that i know very little about so i would like to hand this over as quick as i can to shelly uh yeah i i was abs I, I was totally shocked um that he was one you know put on the roster and that he actually made his debut i mean he did not pitch at all last year and he only has gotten up to like what i think high a and that was you know in 2018 yeah, only 25 innings there, too. Exactly. It's wild. This is wild. Like, this totally blew my mind. Like, he's had makeup issues. He's had injury issues. Um, just, just you know, just everything um, with this guy. And he actually made his debut. And, um, I mean, he had um, obviously had some struggles. He either walked people or struck out someone. Uh, that's kind of like what he was doing. Um so I don't know exactly what's going on here other than really the Nationals are really digging at the bottom of the barrel of their prospect kind of talent here. Um, but this one, this uh, Seth Romero call-up totally shocked me. Yeah, uh, I had no idea who it was, and I looked briefly, uh, and I was like, wait a second, this guy has what, you know, less than 50 innings pitched? Yeah. <laughs> in the minors <laughs> like i don't know i'm happy you know uh, let's 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 see what he can do I, I i hope it's not bad for him development but like i don't know i'm excited to see what happens uh jake you uh you know anything about mr romero yeah i've actually owned him in a few leagues um and i was shocked by this as well um he's got a plus fastball uh flashes plus anyways um and a slider that flashes plus um uh, actually, I would say that's a true plus pitch, his slider. Um, but it, I think what it just kind of tells me is that the Nationals farm system is as bad as advertised. Um, baseball America just re-ranked all of the uh, systems in baseball, and the Nats were ranked 28th out of 30. Um, and I thought that was generous, honestly, because I prefer uh, Houston and Milwaukee's system to the Nats system. Um, so I was kind of even surprised that they were not 30th of 30. <laughs> you got a lot of shade. Today. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I just, I find Milwaukee's system to be very underrated because uh, I just, I'm kind of like a stand for a bunch of the Milwaukee guys. Um, but yeah, uh, I guess you could say I'm throwing some shade today. Yeah, I uh, I wrote up Milwaukee. I did the, the triple play for Milwaukee, and I, I tweeted out that like it was like a garbage system or something, and somebody was very quick to correct me. I'm like, hey, man, there's some stuff here. So, yeah, Milwaukee a little underrated, probably. 
Well, like Ethan Small's mom has been like liking my tweets because I tweet about Ethan Small too much. So, um, <laughs> you know, I there's just a few guys in that Milwaukee system that I think have a chance. Yeah, I'm with you. There's there's some talent in there. Um, but I'm going to throw some shade here in a second here because Mr. Alec Baum came up. And I got to tell you, I'm not a huge fan. And uh, I'll, I'll share my take. You guys can tear it apart or whatever. But um, here's my thing. Most of his offensive numbers that we've seen came in a very offensive-friendly park, right? And so I'm hesitant to buy in on the power uh, numbers with him. Also, you're talking about a guy that they've already toyed with playing first base because the defense might not cut it over third. Granted, first base is kind of a wasteland in Dynasty to begin with also. So, I don't know. I'm not as in on bomb as other people. I'm skeptical that the numbers are going to hold up. Um, what do you think, Shelly? Um, I, I'm totally with you. Like, I, I, I totally see the same thing. Um, I mean, he totally, you know, ballooned and, and really, really performed in a total offensive, uh, kind of, uh, you know, uh, league last year. Um, I mean, he, I, I, I saw him a little bit in the AFL. He looked fine. I think he's going to be okay, but I don't think it's really going to be that great. Like, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I've never really been a big Alec Baum fan. So I'm, I'm totally with you, Patrick, that I'm not really that excited about Baum coming up. All right, Jake. Now two of us have thrown shade on this player. Are you going to join in? I am, actually. Um, I am the third uh, Baum uh, dis- disliker. I don't know. I don't dislike him, but I don't like him either. I'm pretty neutral to Bomb. Uh, <laughs> I own no shares of him, and uh, that is on purpose um, because I saw him a few times last year um, in Portland when they actually played minor league baseball, and I did not like him. <laughs> and I know that I've talked to so many people who I trust at, at evaluating prospects far more than myself who do really like him, and one of the things that they like about him, to be fair to him, is that he has pretty good plate discipline. He walks a lot. He doesn't strike out a lot. He makes good contact for a big guy. Um, I noticed that his swing looked very long to me um, when I saw him. However, there have been a lot of reports that run contrary to that. But I don't see a star here. And I also didn't see the future 60 hit tool uh, that a lot of people have thrown on him. Uh, I see like a 50 hit tool. Um, but then again, I might have caught him during a bad time. But I do think that there's so much that is riding on that hit tool being above average in order for him to get to his power. Um, and because, you know, he's like a 30, 40 to 30 grade speed guy. Uh, he's fringy in the field. So he needs to hit in order to stay up with the majors and uh, be effective and get playing time every day. So it puts a tremendous amount of pressure on a young kid's bat to be able to to perform. Yeah, and Phillies as a whole have had mixed success with developing hitters, you know? Like, they, yeah. it seems like it's been a while since they've really developed somebody amazing, right? Yeah, I, I would agree. Uh, I really can't think, I mean, like, maybe Hoskins. Hoskins uh, is like, you know, not Hoskins is not Howard. I'll just, let me no, just state no. that. But, you know, Hoskins is the most recent bat I can think of. That's, you know, he's struggling. Yeah, he's disappointed over the last two seasons for sure. Uh, he's he's not delivered on his promise. So, 
yeah, they're they're not very good at that, and they're also not that great at pitch de- pitcher development. Um, however, Mr. Aaron Nola is having himself a year right now uh, in dominating tonight. Well, so Shelly, uh, just before we wrap up things here on Bomb, um, do you think you think uh, the time to sell him is now? Is like this like pretty good time? Uh, yeah, totally. I I am very anti really any type of like Phillies prospects. I mean, I, I'm still in on Spencer Howard just because of the, you know, the looks that I did during the offseason. I watched a couple of minor league games that I really bought in to what Spencer Howard was doing. Um, I know that he's like having like some blister issues and stuff like that. Um, but otherwise, I'm just so anti uh, Phillies prospects. So yeah, I'm totally trying to sell bone where I have them. With you with on Howard though too. I've I've bought in hard too. I I love the stuff. So we'll see if he can stay healthy and, and how it translates. But I'm into. Yeah. Is that is that Arcillo making uh, an appearance? <laughs> yes, of course. He had to give his. You know, he has to say you know hello. Oh yeah, well, I mean he's as much a part of the podcast as any of us. I think you know we've got a pretty <laughs> lo- we've got a pretty large crew here. I think we can you know welcome Marcelo in too. Exactly. Uh, hey, let's change the tune of this podcast, Shelly, because I think you and I are big fans of this next prospect, and that's uh, Lewin Diaz of the Florida Marlins. We actually got a great t- uh, tweet from uh, old producer of the show, the Statcast era at the Statcast era, Adam, who uh, said to us. Which of you the highest is the highest on Luan Diaz, and why is it Patrick? But I'd argue that Shelley might like him more. Am I correct? Yeah, I, I I just love this dude. Like, I I I'm actually surprised that the uh, Marlins actually picked him up for the from the Twins. Um, I guess maybe because at the time he was kind of struggling a bit. But I mean, this guy is like really really good. He is. You know, good bat-to-ball skills, um, a decent amount of power, um, and of course, he's a first baseman, so of course I love him. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, he, I, I do think if if he does get some playing time in, in Miami, which I do think that he should be, you know, getting playing time, I think that he's going to be a good, you know, average guy, a good, you know, Maybe a good power guy, just just a good all around guy. I just love this dude, and I'm so excited that he got the call. You know, it's um, it's funny, you know, on this podcast a little bit, and we'll get back to Lou and Diaz, the real important analysis here, analysis here in a second. But just on this podcast, it's funny that like there are some views that are like not really in line with like scouting or traditional scouting, like you know, like. Should we be so high on a first baseman that can hit? Probably not. But Shelly, you and I love those dudes, right? Exactly. Like, if there's a first baseman that can hit, you know, me and Patrick are going to be on in on that guy. Yeah, it's like, you know, we're, I think, you know, we're, we're mostly bat first people. At least that's, for me, I think that's what brings me to a lot of first basemen is like, I just, you know, I fall in love with when I see a certain swing or like when I see power and like, strong hit tool so and a lot of those dudes are you know playing first base (laughs) so yeah um but there's that right and then there's like keaton who is just like obsessed with catching prospects which i can't think of a worse thing maybe maybe pitching prospects but like (laughs) 
<laughs> and then you know and then there's uh there's there's jordan to a certain degree who you know is doing these wild uh transitions or translations of, of minor league and college numbers um that highlights some you know different prospects so i don't know i just think that's a funny thing jake do you have a particular style of dude well yeah you do huh it's uh control pitchers yeah i've been a firm <laughs> believer in a command profile first pitchers um and that was one of the most fun things uh about talking to alex chamberlain on my my podcast the five tool podcast this past week uh, was talking about the success of command first guys and how um, Cleveland and Seattle have been making a point to draft these types of guys. And, um, you know, good fastball just doesn't mean um, good velocity. It means good location and um, sort of the angle of contact as well. And that's something that Alex is going to be researching too. But, you know, the ability of a pitcher to control the launch angle of the hitter through the placement of the baseball. And I've always just enjoyed the artistry of command first guys. Um, And when you get guys that can do everything, uh, including command the baseball, like Jacob deGrom, it's just like the best thing in the world. Um, But, you know, 2016 Rick Porcello is kind of (laughs) my go-to season for uh, pitcher artistry where he was just manipulating the zone with, 90 mile an hour heat for the entire season and being incredibly successful at doing that. And Kyle Hendricks is a great example of that right now. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll watch a guy like that, or Kyle Hendricks or Johnny Cueto, uh, over tuning into, you know, an overpowering fastball guy any day of the week. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm a sucker for that stuff too. So anyways, uh, that was a side comment. We should probably get back to Lou and Diaz. My apologies, everybody. Uh, Jake, what do you got on Lou and Diaz? What do you think? I love him. Uh, 27 home runs uh, across three levels last year uh, with the ability to make solid contact, not strike out a lot, and play good defense. Uh, Count me in. I I love what Miami is doing and the system that they're building. And, you know, I I think he's not going to be up for long. I I think I saw a Craig Mish tweet that said the plan is for him to kind of get a cup of coffee here and go back down. But, um, I think what this means is that there's a real chance that in 2021, he's the starting first baseman for this club. Yeah. Um, and uh, Jesus Aguilar has been playing first late base like a beast too, right? I mean, he's kind of had a resurgence so far this year. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't know that he can play any other position. Although there is the DH, huh? I forgot about that. Yeah, and a lot of people are speculating that the DH, even though it's not uh, slated to stick around next year, will stick around. Um, <clears throat> so that's something to look for. Uh, also, definitely go check out that pod, uh, the Five Tool pod that Jake was talking about um, in his, his interview with Alex. Um, well worth your time. I was going to plug it a little later, but I'll plug it now since you mentioned it. <laughs> Thanks. You set me up too well not to. Yeah, yeah, I'll blame myself being too good a host. You know what can I do? <laughs> all right uh let's quickly get into injuries before we get to our cup of coffee um and there are a ton um so i'll touch on them just as fast as i can and i'll give it to you guys to see what you want to talk about ronald acuna jr moved to the 10-day il with uh, left wrist inflammation should be back uh next weekend probably friday cj crone for the detroit tigers well that season is over he's undergoing season-ending knee surgery Quite the play, too. I don't know if you guys saw it, but uh, really didn't look like much, but apparently enough to take him out. Um, Jeremy, uh, Jeremy, 
Candelario is going to be picking up at bats there, most likely. Ivan Nova, Pirates, uh, sorry, another Detroit pitcher, I believe. Uh, 10-day injured list, uh, right triceps tendonitis. Anthony Castro is going to be filling in for him. Nationals play Steven Strasburg uh, on the injured list. Sorry, this one hurts. <laughs> Diagnosis appears to be carpal tunnel. Um, which means I believe Eric Fetty is going to move back into the rotation for the Nats. Chicago Cubs have pushed Tyler Chatwood's start after the right-hander experienced tightness in his back. I think the expectation is that he'll make his next start. Kirby Yates had an uh, MRI, and he's hit the 10-day uh, IL with elbow discomfort. Lurie Garcia of the White Sox had the surgery after severing his thumb ligament. Ouch. Um, looks like Danny Mendick will see a majority of time at second, while Nick Madrigal remains on the injured list. Uh, Nationals announced second baseman Starlin Castro has suffered a broken right wrist, which means Luis Garcia got called up because, hey, more infielders for the Nationals. Carter Kiboom who? Uh, the Yankees have decided to place outfielder Aaron Judge on the injured list, so that's another injury. Uh, that means that uh, Clint Frazier is probably going to get some increased playing time. Left-hander David Peterson, who's having himself a decent season for the Mets, uh, exited with some shoulder fatigue. Uh, Red Sox place Andrew Benatendi on the IL because, hey, that's a great season. Let's make it better. The Rays have shut down left-hander Brandon McKay. And the Astros have placed Michael Brantley on the 10-day uh, injured list. Kyle Tucker time, Jake. Uh, and the Rays... Uh, placed Southpaw Jose Alvarado on the 10-day injury list. For those of you counting at home, those were 14 injuries I just went through. Yikes. Shelly, what do you want to talk about? Uh, I think I'm going to talk about maybe the Nationals uh, with uh, Strasburg and Castro. Uh, the the Strasburg injury like really, really upsets me. Because honestly, I do think that he's going to be out for the entire year. Um, just from what I'm hearing that he like, he's like, oh, I need to, you know, take care of this. This is just kind of like just uh, a small season. I need to take care of myself. I do think that he's going to be out for the rest of the year, which kills me because I love the dude. But unfortunately, I do think that he needs to, you know, either have this thing kind of heal or get some type of, you know, uh, surgery or something. So I do think that Strasbourg is going to be out for the year. And then with Castro, just, you know, just him breaking his wrist. Like, Castro was really uh, hitting very well for the Nationals, and this really does kill them. And um, seeing that Luis Garcia got uh, brought up is just basically showing that the Nationals really don't have – Really, any interesting prospects outside of uh, Carter Keeboom, who is already on their roster. Um, it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Uh, so, do I think that Luis Garcia is ready? I, I don't. Um, don't look at his first game because he did really well in his first game. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I really, honestly, I don't think that he's ready. 
Um, but I do think that both of these injuries to Strasburg and Castro really does hurt the Nationals a lot. Yeah, with, with um, Garcia, I'm in agreement with you that he's probably not ready, but, you know, it would be so helpful if we can get some of that inner squad data. You know, that would like, you know, was he, what was he hitting, 500 or something in inner squad? Like, you know, maybe yeah. he had shown something. You know, we don't know. We can only yeah. guess. Um, all right. Uh, Starling Castro is a bummer, I think, for many people who had him pegged as a sort of um, deep league breakout. Um, so that's a bummer. Yeah. I have so many shares of Starlin Castro. He was a big target of mine uh, and a guy who I saw as a big time value this offseason. Um, so this really hurts a lot of my clubs. But, you know, Shelly, I thought you had a pretty poignant tweet. Uh, and maybe this was just you, like, uh, being sad on Twitter. Um, but that you, Happens, you were getting uh, big Kyle Tucker vibes from Kibu. And, um, you know, I didn't want to be the one to say it, but. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of getting those same vibes. Uh, no. Actually no, 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 no. Yeah. I, I, I have more faith in Garcia uh, long-term than I do Kibu. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. What? Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead, Shelly. It, it it kills me to say this, and uh, again, this took me a lot to tweet out, but just seeing <laughs> how the Nationals are totally not really committing to Kiboom and then seeing Garcia – in his first MLB, you know, you know, his first, you know, debut. And uh Kiboom is hitting, you know, one spot below him. Like that just totally was like a knife in the heart. I'm just like, okay, uh Kiboom is my Kyle Tucker and it's killing me. I don't know why the Nationals dislike Kiboom, but they do for some reason. And um I kinda need to move on and it's it really breaks my heart. All right, listeners, go get Kiwoom on your team. You let <laughs> let your let your league mates let your league mates hear Shelly and Jake's analysis, and you just cut the podcast off right after them. And then you you listen to me, and you go trade for Carter Kiwoom because he's gonna be great, and he ain't nothing like Kyle Tucker. Okay, everybody. <laughs> I hope you're right, Patrick. I really uh, do hope you're right. <laughs> I just at this point, you know, we just really what I would what we I think everyone needs from Kibum is just at bats, right? We really just need a large sample of at bats to see what this guy's got. In my opinion. Yeah. We also need him to really stop striking out at a rate of thirty seven percent. Yeah. Well, you know, big leagues are tough, Jake. Yeah, it's not easy out there. <laughs> uh Jake, Ask just... Michael Chavis, it's really hard. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Oof, that guy. Uh <laughs> Jake, you're Captain Steven Strasburger, at least you were um, yep. towards the end of last season. You know, you had really thought he had made a, a breakthrough in his health, um, in his routine, and that you thought, you know, I heard you talk about him being maybe inspired by uh, Max Scherzer. So, like, where are you at with this, you know? Uh, I'm bummed, man. I, I think Strasburg had taken the jump to become one of the true aces in the game. And to me, an ace is somebody who not only goes out there and um, – you know, throws well, uh, even spectacularly every once in a while, but it's somebody who does that routinely and eats a lot of innings and basically is in that Max Scherzer mold. And he did that to a T and was maybe the best pitcher in the playoffs last year too. Um, so I'm super bummed because his repertoire right now, everything is just kind of working for him to the point where I have him firmly as a top 10 dynasty pitcher and uh, just acquired him in a league last week. 
when somebody was feeling a little bit down about him. And I still feel great about um, the prognosis for Steven Strasburg's value long term um, because he is only 32. Um, and pitchers that are built like him with the repertoire that he has, I just don't worry about them uh, in their aging process. You know, he doesn't just rely on power, it's intelligence and it's his change up and it's his breaking pitch and you know it's it's everything that that works with him so i'm really bummed out but i don't think that you know this means go out in your dynasty league and sell him for pennies on the dollar i think uh, your patience will be rewarded here if you stick with steven strasberg because there just aren't many guys like him hold on to that train of thought too because we're going to talk a little bit about something like that in the next uh, section of our podcast so um jake is there anything else you want to touch on for injuries yeah, um, I want to talk about the big guy, um, Ronald Acuna Jr. here. You know, maybe uh, I was hoping I was hoping you would top three um, pick in a lot of leagues this year. I was a little bummed out with how he handled himself in the off season. Uh, it seems like getting paid a hundred million dollars at like twenty one years old or whatever uh, meant that he had a lot of really large dinners um, because he wasn't super in shape uh, when he came in this year and he was kind of expanding the zone a lot. But he he started to look like himself before he got hurt. Um, but the left wrist inflammation is always scary. We know when this turns out to be a really serious. Uh, injury can drastically affect hitters' careers. We saw that with Nomar Garcia-Para, and it basically ended the good part of his career. Um, I don't think we need to worry about that with Acuna, but the point here is that um, left wrist inflammation is scary. You use your wrist so much as a hitter. I'm very worried about his value for the remainder of the year, and he's not the only guy on the Braves team that's on the IL with this. His teammate, Aussie Albies, is also on the IL with wrist inflammation. Um, so there's a lot of bad wrists over there uh, in the Braves uh, locker room. And also, they have one really good pitcher right now in Max Freed, and then a bunch of dumpster fires and like Tuki Toussaint pitching like well every couple outings. But man, it's ugly over there for the Braves. Uh, thank God they have Marcelo Zuna just jacking dongs all over the place. <laughs> uh shelly do you do you share some of jake's concerns um where are you at uh yeah yeah i i really do um uh, yeah Acuna kind of like scared me a bit i only have him in one dynasty league um and it was like this dynasty league that i had Acuna jr i had juan soto i had albies i had trey turner I had Jacob DeGrom, you know, I just thought that I was just going to be, you know, the bee's knees and, um, I am not the bee's knees. I am just, it's, it's just so bad. And, um, yeah, I'm just very concerned, um, about the, the, the wrist injury, just, just everything, just kind of like just everything that I saw from a kid, you know, what little I saw, you know, like in games and in, summer camp and stuff like that he didn't look you know as good as he did uh last year so yeah i totally echo um jake's thoughts on uh Acuna jr can i also just add to this that i was admonished by many people for saying that i preferred soto as a dynasty asset to ronald acuna jr and i don't think there's any logical person that would take Acuna over Soto in a dynasty league right now. I don't know, man. 
I am those steals, buddy. I know, I know, like, I, I agree with you, and, like, Soto's profile for me is safer. You know what I mean? It's, like, it's like gonna... the safest profile ever. Exactly. Yeah. And so I'm totally with you there. And I do believe he belongs in the top three conversation for Dynasty. But those steals from Acuna, it's hard for me to, to bail on. And I know Soto gets more steals than I think people give him credit for. Uh, he's, I don't know, man. Shelly, where are you? What do you think about Jake's bold statement here? This is really hard for me. Um, I, I, I do... If I had to put my money on just long term, I would put my money on Soto over Acuna. Um, but just like maybe if you're doing like three to four years, I would still put my money on Acuna because of the steals. But I mean, give me Soto long term. All right. Uh, that's good for conversation. You guys want to hit up our Twitter with that. That would be cool because I'm interested. <laughs> um, all right. I've got one of these that I want to touch on briefly before we move on. And that's the Brantley injury. And that's all All I'm going to say is, is it Kyle Tucker time? Will he get the at-bats here? Will we actually see what this dude has? Um, how many other options can Dusty Baker go to? Because I think he'll, he'll maybe, exhaust all of them. Maybe he maybe he'll be a player him. manager before he plays them. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, can Toro play the outfield? Can I mean, are we going to see Straw? Are we going to see Garrett Stubbs? Don't pick on my boy Toro. I got hope for that guy. I'm really yeah, good. I like Toro. He's fine. Um, I just don't think Tucker's very good. I do, I do think we'll see more of him, though. I think we'll see more futility from him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shelly, anything to add? Uh, kind of the same. Like, I've been very anti-Tucker. Like, I was, I saw him, like, in the, you know, AZL uh, a couple years ago, and he just was just, like, lackadaisical and just kind of just bad. And I'm just, I'm just kind of blah. And the Astros seem to, you know, seem exactly the same. I'm just blah. So. Can I just Sorry. add here for, for just a second? I can't think about Kyle Tucker without thinking about a famous George Carlin skit where he talks about how soft names make soft people. Oh, my And goodness. the two examples he uses are Kyle and Tucker. No. Uh, and, and he says, fuck Tucker and fuck Tucker's friend Kyle. And he just, it's just, uh, it echoes through my mind when I think about Kyle Tucker having two soft first names as his complete name. Um, and I will try and link in my Twitter to this George Carlin stand up yeah definitely do that please do that (laughs) that is glorious (laughs) all right let's move on uh to the next part of our podcast here uh which is just going to be a cup of coffee so i uh you know this is just a general dynasty discussion for strategy during what is a weird weird season so i've got a couple questions that i've been curious about you know just as a dynasty player and as a fan of good analysis so uh you know i'm going to propose a few questions to you guys but you know feel free that like we can talk about whatever you talk about you know and we can be selfish about this too because Shelly I know you've got a trade you wanted to talk about um so let's just start though with player development which is something I wanted to talk to you guys about um because I trust both of your opinions on this um should there be a change in our perception of minor league players right now um in dynasty leagues? because you know there are some teams that are rebuilding and Jake I know in the, that you are against prospects and rebuilding in the long run I know your strategy so it works um but for those of us that like to have younger players and watch them develop, you know, 
I'm really curious about guys that are not even on inner squad teams who are getting no reps and are going to miss this year. And, you know, it's possible they miss next year too. What does that do for you in, in Dynasty? How are you approaching it? Um, why don't we start with you, Shelly? Um, yeah, I mean, this this season has really just, like, really bugged me out because there was a lot of prospects that I really wanted to see. And really, the number one guy, for some reason, the number one guy for me um, was Bobby Witt Jr. Um, I was really high on him when he was drafted, you know, uh, for the Royals. Uh, but he really, really struggled, uh, you know, um, in Rookie League and the ACL. Um, and he just really struggled with like the hit and miss, and he could be like a five tool guy. It's just we don't know if the hit tool is there, and the hit tool was not there after he got drafted. And I just, I still was you know like really high on him, um, but I just really needed to see him this year. Um, so it's really like the lower level guys that are that is missing time. Uh, you know the. Bobby Wood Juniors, the Marco Lucianos, the you know just guys like that that are not really seeing everyday playing time that we know of. Um, it's just it's 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 really hard, and I I just I, I miss it so much, and I know that they miss it too, and I just I'm really really concerned about what it's going to do long term. Jake, what about you, man? Um, so. First of all, I want to just address the first part uh, here about the the narrative of like me not wanting young players oh, or, or no. liking young players. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to like. I'm not like going at you or anything, Patrick. I just want to talk about like my larger strategy there for, yeah. for just one second here. Go ahead. Um, You're fair. That's fair. I should. I threw shade. Go ahead, Jake. Sorry. You did throw a little shade at me. Um, I'm very discerning with the young players that I like to roster like for instance on the league that we're in together tdgx2 i own soto and i own dustin may who are two guys that like i've owned since they were very young um and you know those guys fit kind of all of the boxes that i look for when i'm looking for prospects um and that's why i have them um but you know with, with prospects they're just such a volatile asset there's so much speculation that goes on, you know, it's, it's like a mini stock market out there with prospects and buying and selling at the right time. And then, uh, trying to figure out their long-term projection. And I just find it safer, um, to maximize on the heightened values. Like for instance, last year, uh, after Lewin Diaz had like a very good season and upped his value really high, um, there might be a person out there who believes that he's going to be a regular all-star at first base. And he might be that, right? Um, however, there's also a non-zero chance that he's just like a run-of-the-mill first division regular, which is great, but not an impact for fantasy baseball. But that allows me the opportunity to sell him for someone who is that right now. Um, and that's the type of thing that I like to do all the time. And I think what this season does is it hurts us in two different ways because we don't have that data there's not a lot of selling high that we can do on prospects, which really hurts people like me who are constantly churning and burning through the currency of fantasy baseball, which is prospects. The second piece of this that really sucks is that minor league baseball is a completely corrupt system that basically uh, pays guys a fraction of their value uh, and doesn't treat them 
very well at all throughout their development. So we're going to see people who come in um, in very different shapes next year um, and in very different places in their development because some guys don't have any resources available to them to continue to train. And some teams that don't invest in things like that uh, are not going to be taking care of these guys. So I think that we're going to see a very varied uh, field next year that kind of exploits the inequities that we already have. If you're somebody who's from a well-to-do family and you're a prospect, man, like you're going to be so much better off than, you know, a lot of these guys that are here and, and living like six to an apartment playing Penn League ball. So uh, it's it's tough. Yeah. And that's, that's where I'm at with this, you know, as, as a dynasty player, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, Jake, I, I take a different approach to, to my teams and, uh, you know, the success for me has not been as high as yours. Uh, but, uh, you know, these, these longer term projects, these, uh, these flyers I've taken uh, in some leagues and trying to develop a, a stronger prospect system, you know, like I took a lot of J2 guys in the last draft and like some of these dudes are just not even on inner squad teams, you know, they're not getting any action at all. Um, and so for, for people that are in that kind of situation, which is a lot of people, I think, you know, um, it's, it's, it's interesting. And I, I don't know what the advice to give to people is, you know, do you trade these prospects for, for guys that, you know, have playing time, you know? Um, so it's a tough I spot. would personally hold, you know, I think holding is the right move in, in a season where we have just so little information. What, what about you, Shelly? Uh, yeah, I would agree. Um, I guess kind of like, just kind of like hold with everything. And it just, it just, just, it just really sucks. This year just sucks. That's just like my blanket statement with everything. This year sucks. There's no truth. There's no like, I mean, you got it. (laughs) Very accurate. Um, well, this is good. Uh, this kind of, I want to lead, I'm actually going to take this and lead it into the next question I have for you too, which, um. Jake, I'm gonna I'm gonna focus right back in on you because uh, of your love for the olds. Um, and what does this season mean for players who are either close to retiring or old enough where a significant injury might derail the rest of their careers? So think about Charlie Morton or Justin Verlander, um, or you know, um, you know some of these other injured players. Like, what do you what do we do with them? Well, it, it drastically devalues them, and um, because of that. And because I am so exposed in that regard, um, one of the things that I've done is actually try and package some of these guys together uh, and trade them. And I'm trying to bring it up right now, but uh, I just made a trade in a 2014 league um, that, yeah, here it is, um, where I traded Whit Merrifield, Justin Verlander, uh, packaged together for Steven Strasburg. And then I made another trade, which limited my exposure to the olds, where I packaged together Zach Greinke, Charlie Morton, uh, who you just mentioned, um, Mookie Betts for Aaron Bracho, Nomar Mazzara, Kyle Gibson, Shane Bieber, and Eddie Rosario. Um, so I'm trying to basically take a lot of my olds and package them together right now for younger assets that um, I'm still going to like and use in future years, even if that means losing a little value here because this 60 game season is so much more like gambling uh, than our normal 162 where things sort of shake out over time. There's just so much um, 
so much noise to be had in this season. For sure. Certainly a lot of that. Um, Shelly, what about you? you? You have older players. Are you doing a similar strategy? Like, what, what's your take? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really not much of the trader kind of uh, person. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just kind of want to bring up this, this, this recent trade that I made in a dynasty league. Just kind of want to know your thoughts about it. Let's do it. Let's get right into that, Shelly. Come on. What do you got? Okay. Cause I, I, I really, honestly, I very rarely trade in dynasty leagues because I don't know. I just, I just love like the prospects that I have anyway. So I traded my Mike Clevenger and uh, my Christian Yelich uh, for Spencer Howard, Marco Luciano, Brennan Davis, and Aaron Savale. Uh, did did I do well or did I not do well? All right, I got to get the names in front of me, so I'm running over running over to our Slack where you mentioned it. Um, let's see here. All right, so your Clevenger and Yelich for Howard, Luciano, Davis. Which Davis? Brennan. Brennan Davis. Okay. And Savali in a first-round pick. I mostly like it. Because, um, you know, I love Howard. Luciano, you know, has, like, top, you know, like, huge, huge ceiling. Yeah. And I'm in love. I'm a Savali fanboy. I love watching that guy pitch. You need both. Yeah. So I think you did okay. Uh, tough to give up Yelich. Uh, Jake, what do you think? How do you think Shelly did? I think Shelly knocked it out of the park with this one. Um, you know, she she targeted exactly the type of prospects that I like to target. Um, guys who have best prospect in the game type of potential. I, I think Luciano could be that as soon as um, Franco graduates. Uh, and the Giants have already been aggressive, pushing him up to the 60-man player pool. So he's getting exposure there and hitting well against big leaguers. Um, and then also Brennan Davis is just a name that I've been so obsessed with over the last year, um, who I've tried to acquire everywhere. But I think he has true 30-30 potential. Um, and the reports from his coaches have just been glowing. There was an article that a Cubs fan linked to me, and it was one of the coaches that he had in the lower minors talking about how he's literally the best baseball player this guy has ever seen. And he's coached like some multi-time all-stars um, that plus the first round pick and Savali and, you know, all these other goodies that are in this package uh, is just tremendous value for Shelly. I, I, I like it a lot. Yeah. I like um, even the trade for the, the pitching prospect when you're, you know, Howard obviously is a guy I love, but even like when you're trading for someone like that, you know, the Howard's proximity to the majors, you know, and his potential, such a good get. And then obviously Luciano and Jake just touched on. So, yeah, it's it's pretty good. It's just for me, you know, I love Yelich so much. Yelich is great. Um, but Howard is safe, too, for a pitching prospect. You know, when you look at prospects that are safer than others, you mean like prospects that are close, like you just mentioned, Patrick, but also prospects that have a lot of weapons. Because one of the, the underrated things about prospects with a lot of pitches, like Savali, who has like five pitches, um, that means that any day that you show up to the office and one of your offerings isn't working, it's not such a big deal. Because um, if you're a two-pitch guy, like 
let's just say Tyler Glass now right now is way too reliant on two pitches. You show up to the office and you don't have command one of those pitches. It's like, oh shit, we're in for a long day here. And, uh, you know, that happens kind of often. So Howard has that little bit of protection with having three to four offerings that work more to, more often than not. So I like the safety. All right, Shelly, how do you feel? Uh, yeah, I, I, I feel pretty good uh, on my end. And I will have to say, the guy who made the trade, um, you know, for my two, you know, Freddy guys, um, he's really going in in for it this year like after he made this trade um he made this other trade he acquired spencer turnbull and brandon woodruff for mm-hmm. nolan gorman jordan groshans luis matos helio ramos and a first round pick so i mean he's totally going in for it this year so i kind of i, I kind I of like that that he's just trying to just take advantage of this, you know, 60-game season. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just think it was kind of an interesting couple of trades that this guy did. Well, I, I mean, if you're going all in, you're going all in, right? So, yeah, exactly. I um, love the Woodruff get there. That's that's my boy. Yeah. Me too. Me too. After seeing him in the playoffs that one year. Was, yeah, uh, same. I was all about him. Okay. Um, we're over an hour here, so we should probably start wrapping this up, even though I'd love to just talk baseball with you two all day. Um, so I'm going to use this selfishly at first, and then we'll touch, I'll have you guys pick one more question. But since Shelly just got into her trade, what did you guys think of my TDX trade? I am nervous about it, TDX too. Um, I traded Matt Manning and Jordan Groshans for Tyler Glassdown. So just lay it on me. Give me those honest opinions, you guys. Let's do this. Uh, Shelly, you want to go first? I'm a super Matt Manny fan, and I'm really not a big Tyler Glassdown fan because he only has those two pitches. So I, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm not the biggest fan of that trade. Fair enough. I understand that. Jake? Um, so I have Matt Manning 34 in my dynasty rankings. I have... Tyler Glasnow, 24 in my dynasty rankings. I don't know that Tyler Glasnow will stay at 24. Um, I am okay with it, Patrick, but I don't see it as the slam dunk that you do. Well, maybe you don't. I don't know. Because I, I, um, I, I like Jordan Groshans, too. I absolutely do not see it as a slam dunk. Um, I, similar to Shelly, am a huge Matt Manning fan. Um, I think that Manning is the best prospect, uh, pitching prospect that Detroit has. Um, and I did, I did not want to give him up in the deal. I tried to get Whitley. <laughs> I tried yeah. to, get, I tried to spin Whitley in the deal, but he wouldn't, uh, Bob wouldn't have it. Bob's are, was a really fun guy to trade with, by the way. I recommend it. Um, he's, he's a great guy, but, um, I went with Glass now and I'll be honest, you know, I kind of trusted my preseason analysis. Um, where I had Glasnow as the 13th best pitcher in the dynasty. You know, he's 26 years old. Um, I really believe in the Rays organization and their ability to develop pitchers. And I believe in what he did last year. Um, now, am I concerned about the walks this year and his history of walks? Oh, yeah. I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that makes me nervous. But, 
you know, I kind of went with um, with what my previous analysis was because I'm a huge Glasnow fan. I've listened to him talk about pitching, um, and I'm a big believer in Tampa Bay, so I'm taking a risk because um, I am desperate for pitching in that league, as you guys probably know. If anybody can get him to work correctly, it's Tampa Bay. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. Um, do either of you have a question on here you might want to touch on before we get into listener questions? Or anything you just want to talk about in Dynasty Baseball? No. All right. All right. Then let's get into listener questions and get you guys out of here. So uh, we had some pretty good questions. We'll start here with at CJC Grady. Um, at what point in a rebuild do you consider trading guys like Anthony Rizzo, Steven Strasburg, and Aroldis Chapman? Is it better to hang on them and hope they are still at peak performers in two years or get what you can now? So we talked, we touched on this a little bit. Um, Jake, you're holding Strasburg. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Chapman's tradable at this point. Uh, and I don't know how you guys feel about Rizzo. Um, I don't know. What, what do you think? Um, I, I think it's all about what you can get. So I, I think that if you can get good value still for Rizzo or Strasburg or Chapman, my, uh, my, th- my thing is just committing to what you're doing, right? So if you're going to rebuild, that means that you're trying to trade all of your good over 30 assets for younger assets. Um, so, you know, I would hold Steven Strasburg if I feel like my team can still compete uh, now or later. But if I'm rebuilding, that changes my opinion of holding Steven Strasburg. I'm not going to hold a guy who might get surgery at 32 to come back at 33 and I don't know how he's going to perform at that point. I think he's still going to perform pretty good, but I, I think if you can get a cadre of young prospects for any of these guys that I would do that. And also Anthony Rizzo, man, he is like a 400 OBP right now with a ton of home runs. Uh, Chapman's going to come back soon. So he's going to be good. But I also think you don't want to sell guys like Strasburg, you know, when he's hurt and you don't want to sell, Araldis Chapman when he's not currently getting saves, you know, it's it's best to hold on to these guys and sell them. So with those three guys specifically, I'd be looking to move Rizzo right now with his 400 OBP rather than moving those guys when their values might not be as high. Hard to agree. Shelley? Uh, yeah, I couldn't say it better than Jake. Um, I would have to say that, that Rizzo's uh, history of like back injuries kind of scares me a bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Jake totally, he, he nailed it. Like he always does. All right. Hey, well, let's, let's not give, all right. Hold your horses. <laughs> um, next we got fantasy T-ball. Uh, what does trading look like in this season? Oh boy. Well, if it's anything like I just made, I don't know. Uh, if a contender is acquiring pieces, should there be discount due to the possibility of the season being wiped out? Um, at this point, I personally think they will power through the season. I'd agree that they're going to try. They're going to do everything in their power to power through this. Um, is there going to be a discount? No, because people are competitive about this game. You know what I mean? So, like, if you're going to go for it, you're going to have to pay full price. I would think. What do you guys think? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, if we really do any see any type of trading, um, you know, during the season, I think there will be a lot of players to be named later, you know, kind of things, um, and stuff like that. And I don't think that we will ever, in this year, see any, like, those big prospect trades. Um, 
unfortunately, I just think it's going to be just a few moves here and there, probably for pitching, you know, either starting or bullpen or stuff like that. All right. Um, hello, please. So this is from Mr. Turd Ferguson, 17. <laughs> Thank you, Turd Ferguson. Uh, hello, please discuss Tucker Davidson. No, we're not going to do that. Tucker Davidson is injured. Tucker is, you know, we've talked enough about Romero. We talked about. Talk about Bryce Wilson. Anyone got Bryce Wilson thoughts? He's super boring, man. I don't have a ton of Bryce Wilson thoughts. Kind of like a two-pitch guy. Let's talk about Ian Anderson instead. <laughs> Shelly? Uh, pretty much the same. Yeah, sorry. I uh, hope the rest of the podcast was informative for you, though. <laughs> uh, 419 Meathead. My boy Meathead checking in here. 16 team head-to-head dynasty league. 25-man MLB. 15-man minor league baseball with a ton of different categories. Traded his Clevenger. For Kalenic, is he crazy? I'm going to go with yes, and I'm a Kalenic homer. But what do you two think? Man, I just think you could have got a little bit more than just Kalenic for Clevenger. Um, I don't think it's necessarily a bad trade. Um, Could be okay. I just think that the hype with Kalenic is bananas right now, and I think he's going to be great, but like, he could end up being a 2020 guy or a 2025 guy instead of like, you know, MVP um, type player. So, and, and Clevenger's a high price, especially for a guy who's not in the big leagues. But Jake, did you see the Twitter video of Kalenic taking in a bat and hitting the, the disc when he hit <laughs> the was, ball? It was very exciting. Did yeah. you see that? <laughs> It was su- super exciting. He's going to be a superstar. I'm all in. Uh, Shelly? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I do think that you probably could have gotten a little bit more for Clevenger. Uh, believe me, I, I love Kalenic. I love, you know, the offseason video. I love seeing, like, all the home runs that he hitting in the alternative camp. But I just feel like you could get a little bit more for Clevenger. But I don't necessarily hate the, the the trade. I guess it kind of depends on what you're, uh, what you're doing uh, with your team in that particular league. All right, let's wrap this up. This has been Dynasty's Child, part of the Dynasty Guru website. I've been your host, Patrick Magnus. Uh, hey, you can find us all on the Dynasty Guru and all over the internet. Uh, Shelly, do you have anything you want to promote? Um, I, uh, well, not, not particularly. Um, well, I guess I did have a recent article on Pitcher List that came out on, uh, Jalen Beeks. That's Um, the one I was going to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. I've been kind of working on it for about, uh, you know, about a week or so. Um, I was, you know, he, he's doing some interesting things. Um, you might want to, you know, check that out and maybe pick him up in your league. Um, doing some, uh, I don't know. I just like Jalen Beeks. You know, he has uh, interacted with the Dynasty's Child Twitter before. Oh, no, I did not know that. Oh, yeah. Talk to uh, talk to Keaton DeRocher. I believe he's the one who had interaction. with him. Oh, boy. Uh, and uh, yeah, great article. And I have picked up uh, Mr. Beeks where I can. Jordan was trying to steal him from me in TDGX2. I'm going to let that happen. <laughs> uh, Jake, uh, everywhere. What do you got to promote, sir? Um, I have uh, some recent top 100 uh, dynasty starting pitcher rankings that came out uh, on Fantrax HQ like last week. 
Uh, I have every week I do the top 100 redraft uh, starting pitcher ranks. Um, so you can look for that to hit on Tuesday. You can look at last week's if you're interested in that. Um, I have the Five Tool Fantasy Baseball podcast that I do with Eric Cross and Jesse Roach. Um, and we just recorded with Alex Chamberlain of Rotographs. So check that out if you're into pitching. And then we have the Over the Monster network of podcasts that Shelly is a part of and that Patrick was formerly a part of as well. Um, and uh, we have the Red Seat dropping on Mondays usually um, or Tuesdays now. And we have Shelly and Keaton's show, um, the Precap podcast, and we have Matt and I's unnamed podcast and, you know, all sorts of shows for, uh, for, for the discerning Red Sox uh, listener. Holy goodness Jake. oh yeah <laughs> i don't like downtime yeah you and shelly both hardcore um well uh i haven't really done much <laughs> of anything uh my personal life is uh, a bit in shambles thanks to covid as i uh, try to make my way back home to china like i'm currently uh, floating around the u.s but at some point you can follow me on twitter for uh or lots of complaining, some some small uh, notes on baseball players and promotion of other people's good work. You can follow me at the Green Magnus. You can follow Keaton DeRocher uh, at the Spoken Keats. Follow Shelly at Shelly V underscore six four three. Jake is at Dev Jake, and Jordan is at Rose and Jordan Green. That's going to be it for today. Um, you know, have an awesome day, and as always, be the best bird dog you can be. I'm having trouble standing still And when I do my mind starts to reel Starts to reel Is this the way that I should feel? Is this the way that I should feel? Is there a need to be concerned? Have they done studies? What have they learned? What have they learned? I fear that soon I'll lose my nerve Well, I fear that soon I'll lose my nerve Just do what happens naturally For